0: Welcome to the Watch Okay Please podcast, a podcast where three friends try to convince each other to devote what little time they have left to watch more TV and or movies than they've ever wanted to watch. Please join us while we argue about our media cues and waste everyone's valuable time on things that just don't matter.
1: Howdy Watchers, it's Dan, and thank you for joining us on another episode of the Watch OK Please podcast. It's a little surreal that we're already at 26 episodes. Thanks for sticking with us. First up this week, Scott and I give our feedback on the series Big Mouth, which is available on Netflix. This feedback segment does get a bit narty and spoilery, so please be warned if you are trying to avoid spoilers for Big Mouth. Also, watch out for some punishing phrasing using song names from the Eagles and Don Henley. Then, I implore Nyan and Scott to jumpstart their stand-up comedy intake also out of my normal watch zone, with the pitch of Aziz Ansari's new comedy special, Aziz Ansari, Nightclub Comedian, which is also available on Netflix. If this podcast is the best or worst thing you've ever heard, please rate and review us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you hit us up on our Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook page, you'll probably get a possibly informative or witty response from one of us, if that is the thing you want. Finally, if you have a short movie you want us to watch, please leave us a voicemail on our Anchor page at anchor.fm slash watchokplease. All right, watchers, as Aziz Ansari says, it's time to work a little so we can ball a lot. Let's get watching.
0: All right, folks, it's uh, nine, and we're here to get... Um... Dan and Scott's feedback on the show Big Mouth, which was on Netflix. As everyone was needed to know, it was shot in aspect ratio of or animated in aspect ratio of 16 by 9 in HD. And uh, For those
1: um, of you at home, it contains letter, the number 69 in it.
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: Thank you. But that's, you know that's why they did
0: it
2: that way. Oh, 100%. <laughs> what did you guys think? Go <laughs> Go ahead, Scott i just say it was a lot. Nine in the, the pitch when you mentioned you thought it really had a lot in common with The Simpsons and Family Guy, I think you said, with yeah. just the, the, the rapid fire jokes, like one right after the other. That was definitely true. And it was very hard to keep up with all of the jokes that they kept saying, both in the dialogue and also in the background. Like there's some things I noticed in the background of certain scenes. Some of those messages on the, the board outside of the school were pretty yep. good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, they, it's,
1: it's definitely a mix of, you know, not just situational humor, but there's also like, you know, pop culture references and everything like that, too. Yeah, so there's, it's a lot.
2: Yeah, exactly. Lots of re- both recent pop culture stuff and also pop culture references going way, way back. Like, uh. I noticed that the the mini golf course where they were was called Golf Lundgren. Yes, uh, that was pretty great. That was I appreciate it, though. I don't know how many people that are younger than us would get that joke, but I thought it was pretty good. So
1: it's, it's, it, my response to that is saying, you're picturing it and we're talking about it. Sorry. <laughs>
2: yes. yes, wow. And given that I had seen Kroll Show before and enjoyed it, the, the the parts that I saw, especially the Oh Hello sketch, but I watched some other sketches as well and I really enjoyed it and you could also definitely get the publicity vibes from from this so it was great but it was just a, a lot to keep up
1: with uh-huh. yeah um i mean again i ha- my list is like it's almost more just like amazing references than it is like actual like, real feedback. <laughs> so okay. uh, yeah, but Sean and Nick, you know, when you put this together, there's a lot of things that really stood out for, for me. I mean, for me, one, I mean, this, the songs are, are also amazing as well. All the songs we were, I think there's one in episode three, another one episode uh, uh, of season one. There's another one in episode four of season two. And like, yeah, it's just, it's uh, brilliant. And the guy who did uh, the guy who played a, uh, uh, you know, Freddie Mercury was actually really, really, spot on i was like mad impressed
0: oh I mean, wasn't sure how, how how well he nailed it but it it definitely wasn't like oh that doesn't sound like freddie mercury at all but okay, agreed I th- I thought he, no, did he, he
1: did he did very good again he's again you know considering you know he's no adam lambert you know who, who's obviously he was touring with queen and you know obviously he's no rami Malik in that regard basically but you know i think that he, he's he definitely has some chops you know to at least kind of mimic kind of freddy's intonation and whatnot so it's pretty neat nice
0: what did you guys think about the show's approach to sexuality in general and i hate to say from a teaching perspective mm. or maybe even re- characterize it as after school special perspective but just their the message behind each each episode they they express it because i thought in the first episode they just did a, or no it was oh it was am i gay it was uh, a yeah. season one episode three yeah we're at the end i've already told you in the intro they're gonna be spoilers so the fact that at the end the character's like, I'm not actually that gay. Like, Andrew is just like, nah, I, I thought maybe this was a thing, but this is not for me. And
2: that's cool. What'd you guys but think But there's
1: actually, there's actually a spectrum of that.
2: Right. Which they yeah.
0: do touch on in later
2: seasons. Yeah. Oh, that no one's 100% one way or the other
1: yeah yeah i think this is one of this is one of the 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 conundrums is that we don't always know our own minds as well as you know we think we do some people say the heart wants but the heart wants or you know it approaches like a level of cheesiness to a certain degree but at the same time it doesn't get to the after school special level cheesiness and there's still a little bit of edge and humor to it so i think that that's the line they don't cross that line it's not like, you know, hi, I, you know, it's something like, you know, hi, I'm, I'm, I'm John so-and-so. I used to be an extra on, on step-by-step and I'm going to tell you all about uh, why not to fool around with snakes. You know, it's just, it's like, it's not like that. It's not like that level of like randomness, and cheesiness. It has randomness, but it's, there's, there's a method to the randomness
2: in my opinion. Now, I think that the, the school special perspective, which I agree, I think they were, it seems like that they were trying to utilize that, but, I feel like it sometimes got overshadowed by all the jokes. When you think about it, maybe afterwards, yes, you think you you, you try to pick up on some of those um, messages or things like, yeah, you know, if you're gay, that's fine. If you're not, that's okay. But it's just, there's so many jokes, like one right after the other. I felt like the, those two approaches were kind of in conflict with each other sometimes. Hmm.
0: That's really good. And I think I might be biased because I mean, you've know, gone through the whole series, but maybe right. I maybe I could have been better at picking episodes that better covered the other side of it, not just the the joke-dense stuff, but the part where they get into kind of specific messaging. Uh, the I think the episode I mentioned was the head push from season one, and that was, I thought, ultimately presented a good message. And that one, I think, was a little, little harder, like a little more straightforward in terms of, you know, yeah. we're clearly trying to say something very specific here. I can see that. I I, I guess the when I think about the Steve the Virgin episode, uh, ultimately, that was uh, season two, episode four. Yep, that could be a message, but like it's sort. Of, it is. It's got to see your point in that. It's it's so buried in jokes the whole time. Mm-hmm. But it is great to see Steve finally right. ha- have sex on a lady.
1: Well, well like, again, really we'll nice get, yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> go number three in her lady place. Exactly, uh, <laughs> <it was> lovely. <laughs> but so, and, and, and although it's funny because like Steve is actually you know as a character is so unique because it represents a lot of people that may be in, in an older age demographic, you know, that might not have gotten the health education related resources that exist out there in the ether. And, you know, and, and there are a lot, lots of places still in the world and definitely in America that definitely frown upon, you know, knowledge thereof, of anything having to do with sex, or even just learning about your adult, adoles- learning about puberty or adolescence. I mean, a- as a kid, I w- I was exposed to books by Linda Maderis, so I I had a much lo- I definitely had a very deep understanding as to what physiologically and other things happen, and whatnot. That that being said, I'm, I was still immature as hell, <laughs> <laughs> and and you know, and very much kind of like the humor in the show. So again. And some people have to use humor to attract away from to kind of trauma. You know, I mean, for me, you know, seeing the perver- in, in that same episode you just mentioned, Nyan, uh, the engine going into the tunnel, looking tremendously like Thomas, a tank engine. I bet you is very traumatic for a number
2: of people out there. Oh, I can only imagine. So I also thought it was funny how when in the song where they talk about going number three in her lady place the shooting star went in between, like in the middle of the letter A. Did you guys know this? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah, that That was interesting. I I think that the words like like, lady place were written on the screen and the the shooting star traveled in the middle of the letter A.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's definitely, again, I I would love to see the storyboards from some of these episodes for real because I I feel like this, it, it should be an even better version of the super bad movie accompanying book, I think, you know, just maybe with less, you know, the, 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 you know, that would probably have more, you know, hand drawn uh, penises and whatnot. This would have some here, you know, might might have as many of those, but has more situational kinds of suggestion and comedy. So.
2: Yes. And I did think the character of Steve throughout the episodes that we watched was, was great. It, It was very funny. and, just off the wall and just co- completely out there. And in, I think it was the first episode, was it, or the the second one that we watched? He only, wa- he just wanted the Wi-Fi password. Right. <laughs> That's all he was asking for. That's all he asked for. Wait, this is in the Walgreens <laughs> at the school dance. He just wanted the Wi-Fi password.
0: <laughs> He's pretty consistently funny. Yeah. I love him.
2: Yeah. yeah. So is that um, Nick Kroll? Does he do his voice? Yes. Yeah. yeah
0: it was kind so. of a, I, I realized when I was rewatching, it was like, it wasn't necessarily the, the ref Jeff character from Kroll show, except that like the ref Jeff is a NBA re- or basketball referee. I think it, they do scenes with him being in, in the NBA. And in that sense, coach Steve being a coach, they kind of have that equivalency, but it's not quite oh, the okay. same thing. But there's some, they kind of sound a little similar. Okay. But Coach Steve is yeah. his own special thing.
1: Yeah. I guess like like we said during the pitch here, I think that everyone had a certain level of awkwardness, you know, regardless of when they've, you know, became a flower in their uh through adolescence, puberty, et cetera. I think so. I think that that's why it's great about this, that you kind of can get a little bit of yourself from various different characters, no matter how extreme they might be. Like we're not all in that same bucket, but we could say, Oh yeah, I've been awkward about that before. So
0: so in that sense, what characters did you guys feel like best represented you like in the show? Like,
1: yeah, that's, that's a tough call. I, I, I think the, 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 the conversations as it relates to you know Jewish culture, obviously, is something that uh, we could definitely kind of attest to, although my rabbi was not Rabbi Paul Blart of uh, Temple of Beth Amphetamine. <laughs> yes.
2: That's why I pay my synagogue dues, except that he doesn't. And How dare it, Rab, Rabbi Paul Blart take up three spaces in the parking lot? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was crazy, but I, yeah. I appreciated that. But
1: too. yeah, see, so yeah, I I, th- I think that there is like certain aspects of things because obviously people develop at different different rates, right? So I think that you know that aspect of you know in the first season, you know, of people developing at a faster rate than other people, it, it that that's something I think a lot of people have contended with. Like, some people were early bloomers, so, and then that you know that they had to deal with it sooner than everyone else, and they're like, oh well, now. You know, they people are looking at me different because I've got facial hair, or I've got you know whatever, you know, you know whether puberty, you know, items that have come been coming in, as they say, pun intended, and yeah, that's what it comes down to. I think there's a there's a there's a I, for me, like I had spurts of you know both the bros here in that regard. That being said, because I I don't have a dad who's a divorce lawyer, so I would otherwise have more in common uh, within the character. So. <laughs>
2: I don't know if I I'd identified with this character. I just thought it was a cool character, in the show is Missy. Oh yeah, she's great.
0: And I, I, I wish I'd picked better episodes to spotlight her. But yes, what, 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 what made you great. kind
2: of sort of relate really to Missy? Very cool. And about also the fact that she was—it seemed, again, at least in the episodes that we watched, on the fringes, but is always around and makes interesting observations. True. Yeah, I, th- I think I lo- she
0: is more on the fringe in these episodes, unfortunately, but she does get more focus as time goes on.
2: And she was really into that me- ancient Mesopotamia theme to the school dance.
0: <laughs> oh, it's true. Between that and TV's Nathan Fillion and later episodes, who was played by Nathan Fillion, um, Amazing. she's pretty
2: great. Yeah, I just really thought that was really funny and just kind of cool. Like someone who really. In, in school, it seemed too like just went all out with uh, wanting to make something like something social and related to something academic that she was learning in class, let's say. Yeah. So it seems like maybe something I would have been interested in or would have maybe tried to be involved with something like that when I was a kid.
1: <laughs> so Nathan Fillion, are you, are you saying that the uh, that brown coats should not turn a brown eye to the show?
0: Oh, absolutely not. He plays in a, a a weird, a weird, prominent role in Missy's life, or Missy's fantasy life. So, Ooh. I think it's definitely it's definitely worth anyone who s- is still talking about Firefly at this point and is really upset that it hasn't been brought back. Yeah, that, this you can get your dose of TV's Nathan Fillion talking about Firefly a little bit here and there in the in later episodes in the season or in it's, the in the series.
1: It's way better than watching reruns of Fish
2: Tank. Yep, fish tank. <laughs> Yes, the Jewish Shark Tank. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you were absolutely right. Richard Kind is so good. In oh, this. he's so amazing in this. He's, yeah, he
0: really does such a good job. It's so weird because he shouldn't be a main character and have such of a pull, but he just nails the anger so well—the irrational, weird anger, the whole banana thing. Like this. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you so mad at unnecessary things? It's very strange. And then Andrew's reaction to all of it is just brilliant.
2: Milady really killed dumb. it the whole time. Yeah yeah. Uh, so wait, who are the three people on earth that he liked? Oh shoot, I can't remember. It was
1: it was yeah, he was one of his friends. Oh, man, I can't remember the yeah, other two now.
2: Yeah. Oh I, I can't remember them off the top of my head, but they were really oh, good it, right. was,
1: it was like one of his friends, like his grandma and like one and like one other person that he mentioned. Like and a some some famous famous person, yeah. famous person. It was a famous person. Yeah. I yeah. can't remember who it was off the top of my head. But yeah, that was amazing. Uh, and so, and there was a lot of like a lot of uh, amazing different references across the board here. I especially loved in season two, episode three, how they did a, a Netflix promo in the middle of the app. Yes. It was
2: <laughs> yes. brilliant.
1: It was so that amazing. Was it was and so amazing.
2: He, oh, oh, so we can spoil things, right? We decided yes. that. Yes, yeah,
1: full on spoiler now.
2: <laughs> we're, we're, when he was about to say that he was going to share his password with her, they've got to a black sea.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's perfect. It, it was the perfect way to cut it off. Yeah, absolutely. So for me, I, I did not want to talk a little bit about who's everyone's uh, favorite monster.
0: Oh, it would be I think it, it's got to be my um, my Rudolph's monster. Yeah. 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 She's oh, so good. She's not, so good. Uh, like, I mean, yeah, Maury does a good job. Good. And why can't I remember? No, this is dumb because I pitched it. But yeah, my my Rudolph's uh, monster is so good in all of this. She would probably be my favorite.
2: So, and Nayan, maybe you can confirm this for me, since it was a little hard to tell from the episodes that we saw, but did it just go back and forth between the two? Who is Steve? Coach Steve. Oh, Coach Coach Steve. Steve.
0: Coach Steve, Um, Oh, so there is some shifting of hormone monsters throughout the series. And that was one of the narrative threads that I I was concerned wouldn't be – immediately captured by jumping around a little bit and that's one of the things that gets lost so the 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 horror monsters as the plot uh, as the series goes on actually get shifted around a bit so um and there are other they even later hormone monsters that show up under, for different ones and when they get into the department of puberty and apparently there is going to be a spinoff of this show called uh, human resources, which is about the department of puberty and um, oh, all the other wow. random departments that regulate your body. That's where that confusion probably came in and that you, you didn't get to the episodes where the hormone monsters did
2: shift from person to person. I gotcha. Yeah. And with, with a limited number of episodes, it's, there are going to be some things that are a little harder to understand than others, but okay. That makes sense. Sort of.
0: <laughs> I think they do handle the, the explanation of the transition of monsters pretty well. Because there's definitely a point where it's like, I thought this monster was going to stay with this person forever. And then they they come up with an interesting way of uh, of keeping it going.
2: Okay. Did they ever yeah. explain what's up with Duke Ellington and why he's the ghost in their house?
0: Oh, yeah. That's the first episode. They, uh, they actually mentioned that the home that Nick lives in used to be owned by Duke Ellington. Right. That's why he's the ghost in the attic.
2: Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, I think I remember them saying that, but it, again, it went by so fast with all of the other jokes that they tried to get. And,
1: and 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 remember uh, Scott Neguska, abuela fría.
2: <laughs> yes. Although interestingly enough, I was watching that part of it with the English subtitles on. Oh, really? <laughs> nice. It, 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 as, as I mentioned before, the dialogue was going along so fast, I wanted to try to make sure I didn't miss too much, and when he said that, it translated it as cool grandma.
1: Oh.
2: Of cold grandma.
1: Yeah, yeah, you gotta be careful there, That's Netflix. Gotta be funny. careful with that. Yeah. Yeah, other, you, you, you might be lower on the uh, transometer scale. You might be closer to Kieran Culkin if you're not careful, and not closer to Matthew Modine. Actually, that was so, so funny that
0: they, this definitely came out before Succession because now Kieran Culkin is is definitely a sought-after and found w- weirdly attractive by lots of people. Exactly. Which, that's another show that I actually thought about pitching, because I don't think either of you guys have seen it.
1: No, I have not seen it. Um, and uh, so speaking of monsters in the other realm as well, we need to talk about the Shame Wizard. That's right. So, okay. so Scott, do, do you happen to realize who
2: voiced him? I did, because I happened to see his name go across in the credits nice yes professor lupin himself. yes oh he was that guy
1: yeah in harry yeah. potter yeah so that's why it's like wow that's why it's like it, there's a whole other wizard dimension that kind of that digs into there which is
2: really amazing oh yes and Nyan, i did you see wonder woman the first wonder woman yeah movie? he was the bad guy the main bad guy
0: oh mm-hmm.
2: he played Harry's. yes oh okay
0: yeah, I remember listening to an episode of an, a better podcast called um, How, How Did This Get Made? where they talked about him being in the, he was in the island of doc, uh, Dr. Thoreau. Oh, right. Like, so yeah, David Thoreau I guess, been around forever. I just, I didn't, he was, I never really identified him as a separate, a, a distinct actor and who just stuck out until recently. It's very random.
1: Yeah. Yes. Agreed, but yeah, I, I do. Lo- I do love all the 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 similar kinds of haunting tropes that were used, you know, in, in replication and him turning into Gladstone on the stand. You know, it, it was all amazing in that regard, and made the records show that the defendant has a poorly timed direction.
0: <laughs> that was pretty great. I, I thought the Shame Wizard was an interesting character and interesting device in terms of the exploration of shame. That you feel during this, when you're going through puberty about about mm-hmm. stuff. And mm-hmm. that, I, I'm, in terms of the way that he's, he's handled throughout the series, and I think these two episodes kind of give you a good intro to that. Uh, I, I, to, to me, I, that was probably one of the more, you know, after school, especially things that about the series and dealing with shame that I thought was excellent. Like I thought they, mm-hmm. they handled it very well and how, while shame is there, it's not something that you need to feel all the time. The things you're doing are right. normal, and right. it's something that you need to learn to accept and, and not be ashamed of. Which yeah, I thought that's awesome.
1: I, I agree. I mean, shame shame is something that can be felt, and I think that it's important to have that introspection, whether it happens in a in a made up courtroom or not, in your head. The thing is that you you take from you learn from what you've experienced, especially when you're very young and that at that age and you move forward and you hopefully make better choices and become a better person over time.
2: Yeah. Exactly. I agree completely that and I think of the episodes that we watched that one to me seemed like the most the one where them trying to send a message about shame stood yeah. out the most. Yeah. From the in terms of the other episodes having like an after school specially kind of point of view. And I agree that it, it was an interesting way to get that across. And I also thought it was interesting how they basically tried to say that religion doesn't have the answers for that. And the, he went to both a priest, Catholic priest and a rabbi and neither one really gave him the, I guess, understanding or forgiveness or whatever it was that he was looking for.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You definitely hit the J spot on that one. Thank you, thank you very much.
2: I still can't believe they named the rabbi Paul Blart. That was pretty
1: good. <laughs> yeah, I'm still I'm still laughing on that that one. Yeah, and 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 Scott, uh, did you uh, appreciate the uh, reference in season one, episode three, that Joe Walsh was right?
2: Yes, that really came out of left field. But sure, you want to throw Joe Walsh in there? <laughs> Why not?
1: Well, and for the record, Don Henley does not call me on my birthday either.
2: Yeah, me neither. So Joe shouldn't really feel that bad about it.
1: Yeah, I think we all have to understand, we have to get into the heart of the matter that this is really the end of the innocence.
2: (laughs) I mean, you should really just learn to take it easy. Yeah. But my will gets weak. (laughs) Uh,
1: Sorry.
2: Usually I'm living life in my fast lane. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> perfect he might just end up at the hotel california anyway
1: yeah we haven't had that spirit here since 1969 we've come full circle 69 there you go perfect
0: so i guess is this a series you guys think will you'll continue watching you'll you start from the beginning and kind of go all the way through or it's it might be a pass for you guys
2: I think especially because the episodes are half an hour each I think it's something that I could fairly could see myself watching a few more of. I'm not sure if I'd watch every single episode but yes given that the just the people involved are so talented and it is just a very very funny show that yeah I could watch a little bit more.
1: Yeah I I I and I think I'm in the same kind of the same boat. I'm definitely going to watch more for sure. I don't know if I'm going to just go back and I'm going to rewatch through everything for sure on that perspective as well. I, and we'll see where it takes me. I, I could, if I end up binging the whole series, more power to me, I guess. And I'll hopefully I can unlock and heal some uh, old trauma of mine. And I could find out from Atlanta Claus if I've been nardy or Nars. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Absolutely, I guess. And that's, uh, I guess, that's my final question. Do you guys feel like it? You know, even just the message from the the couple episodes you've seen of the show help you guys unlock any trauma that you had or issues you felt around beauty. Cause I actually kind of felt like it did a little bit, like I getting yeah, kind of yeah. get the feels with this stuff.
1: I definitely feel, I definitely get some feels off this. And I think that each episode, if it's focusing on different areas, I think it's all going to, you know, unlock things over time for sure. Even if a uh, child ghost confidentiality does not exist.
2: Yeah, I guess so. We have to be careful about that. But it offers a good perspective on it. I think it would be interesting to see the show as a teenager at when you're going through some of these issues uh, in real time. Um, and, but yeah, I think it offers an, again like a different perspective on it. And I do like the fact that they're saying all this stuff is weird and and it everyone goes through it and it's hard sometimes. But you just got to <laughs> hard, <watch it>. yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's did it intended or unintended specifically? Because
0: I mean, you've always been sort of secretive about like anything in terms of relationships. So I was wondering if this kind of inspired you in some way, like around the the shame wizard stuff, to kind of just be more open.
2: I don't know. I don't know. We'll see.
1: I'm hoping that over time, everything that we're talking about here will be exciting, like screwing a stranger at a minor league baseball game. <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs> that was quite a visual, uh, <laughs> especially what the the monster was doing when she was describing that. Oh, my God.
0: all of my rudolph's lines are so good,
2: yeah, <sighs>
1: yeah. But thank you for recommending this, night Yeah, this was this is this is this is a lot of fun, and I, I the episodes breezed by for me, so yeah,
0: awesome. Sounds like that's what you all thought.
1: And so, it, it, when it comes around again in the future, just as a reminder, happy National Pantsing Week,
0: happy National Pantsing Week, you guys, whenever that is.
1: It's Dan, and I'm here to do what might be one of the shortest pitches in the history of this podcast. The new new Netflix special, entitled Nightclub Comedian, features the one, the only, Aziz Ansari. It dropped on Netflix on January 25th of 2022. And it's a really short but sweet kind of half an hour special. And it was filmed in a very intimate setting. So he went back to the home of it all the comedy cellar, where he actually first started stand up, and he and this is actually it was actually it was a kind of a big detour, I think, in a, a lot from his previous special, I believe directed by Spike Jones, and it's so it's you think of a very macro level production. This is kind of more kind of like a small intimate affair. And that being said, he, he catches you up on a little bit of what he's been going through during the pandemic and what he's been going through in his life personally. And so I'm not going to go too much into the topics that he covers, honestly, because they, they are kind of hilarious. And his take is kind of hilarious in, in, in a lot of different ways. And it's also kind of, at the same time, introspective in what a lot of us have been going through across across the board. And so I, I think that I really – what, what really drew, drew me to this is that, A, I wanted something that was, you know, light and, in fact, there was film in New York here, which is where I'm at. And, you know, there was so much – on this that was kind of going for me it was just you know i was i I'd had a couple beers i was feeling good i didn't want to start like you know a longer show half an hour is the perfect amount of me i just you know finish my finish my beer while i'm watching this boom and it was amazing so that, that's the reason why i think you know, you really need to check this out i think that there's a lot of humor and a lot of introspection that can come from even just from a half an hour comedy special so that's my pitch
2: all right wow and this will be our first stand-up comedy special that we discuss on the podcast
1: yeah this is definitely a a, you know off the beaten path for me because it's not sci-fi animation (laughs) or superhero
2: (laughs) this one was actually
0: on the list for me to check out so i'm I'm looking forward to seeing it it's funny because i've for the longest time was watching a ton of standup specials and even, you know, during the pandemic catching like standup zoom shows. And then I fell off point at some point to the point where my wife, my wife was like, do we just not watch standup comedy anymore? Is that not a thing we do? And so now <laughs> I'm trying to course correct. So the last one I, I remember watching was a, the recent Nicole Byer won a Netflix big, beautiful weirdo, which I also recommend, but uh, oh, wow. okay. if, Nicole Byer is amazing. I absolutely brilliant. Too many podcasts. and They're yeah, all great nailed it is also she's so good on that and she's got a new show out called grand crew that she's on which is also great this is not a pitch i'm gonna stop because it's not my pitch <laughs> yeah stand-up specials uh are something i've been trying to pivot back towards and i'm looking forward to this i'm looking forward to watching that i, I, the I think that, that your
1: your stand-up special like binge i think is because you would mention some things in passing this is a kind of you know pre-dating the podcast to a degree and i think that Subconsciously, it must have been ingrained in me somehow because I was drawn to this and and the fact is i may and i may be drawn to other specials in the future as well so i think we should not be strangers to the to the comedy special just because again they they can be seen in a more laid-back atmosphere i don't need to be you know put my head to my expanse hat for example to wrap around you know major repercussions in, in in the in the future so to speak or complex social situations like in other series we've discussed so That's kind of where where I went there. And and Aziz's defense, uh, he says, "quote Sometimes you got to work a little so you can ball a lot." (laughs) Nice. And and so that so half an hour special instead of the full on produced hour long special, I think that kind of speaks to that kind of
2: mantra. Nice. And did you know about this special, or did you just happen to come across it? And we're like, I I
1: happened to to come across it. it. It came up in my recommended feed. Oh, wow. uh, on netflix because again netflix has been spamming everyone's recommended feeds as a late because oh in case you finished in watching the you know watch the six season 145 episode series here's something else for you to watch
0: <laughs> oh speaking of spamming you randomly with series i don't I, I don't know if you've noticed this when you've but when i have signed into netflix on another device like if i i don't use my laptop for netflix much but when i do i'll get an email and it'll say oh was this you and you know, list the information, and then they say, if it is you, no problem. Or If you're looking for something to watch, why don't you check out Cobra Kai? I'm like, really? You threw an ad in, <laughs> in, in this
1: in this um, security warning? Interesting. Yeah, oh, it, but keep keep in mind at the same time the previous the previous feedback we talked about also inserted a Netflix ad in, in a really weird place as well. So, oh, that's there's true. that.
0: But they were all that show that show is all about uh, putting weird things in weird places.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. That's what she said. Cool. Well, yeah, I am definitely looking forward to watching this. I've not seen a comedy special in a really long time. So, Do you remember the last
0: one you might have seen?
2: No, I really have to think about this. It's not something that I tend to watch. It just doesn't come up in my list of things that I have to watch. It's never something I've really devoted a lot of time to. Not for any particular reason. Not that I don't like them. It's just that it just hasn't. Been something that I've watched before, typically.
1: And I think to a certain degree as well. Comedy specials, your comedy. You want to see comedians? is always an in-person going to the comedy club kind of idea, or going to see your favorite person on stage or whatnot. I feel like I definitely saw. I, I during the pandemic, I definitely rented the John Cleese special. So that might that might have been the last one I've seen. Otherwise, it might have been another Netflix special. Possibly. I'm sure I watched Chappelle at some point. That's an excellent question. And
2: where were you last when you did this? Yeah. Right. Although I did go to see the late, great Bob Saget alive in person in the mid aughts. Oh, nice. That was a good show. Oh, I was just saying he was great. Yes, for sure. And it was a very funny show for sure. Rolling with Saget.
0: The last person I saw before, before the pandemic hit was Kyle Kinane in uh, Burlington, Vermont, I actually crossed state lines to watch Kyle Kinane. He's amazing. He's one of my favorites, like one in the top three. The top five uh, of, of folks, and and then I uh, was going to see Sashir's Ameda at Laugh Boston, and then but the pandemic was still happening, so they canceled it. I'm still mad, but I also it also helped me develop my crush on Sashir's Zameda, who is in a better podcast with Nicole Byer, actually called Best oh, Friends. So cool. I, I think I, I may have recommended this podcast on the podcast before, but if you guys want a better podcast than this one, listen to Best Friends, Sashir's Zameda and Nicole Byer on Earwolf. Sorry, it's not my pitch. Of- I need to stop.
1: <laughs> no, no, I, 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 I think that that's you know what it comes down to is I think that I think that a lot of people you know are kind of rediscovering different genres out there, and I think that's really you know neat that maybe we can do a little bit here uh, as well. You know, we did we did we did the pseudo documentary, we've done a variety of you know a mix of horror and every, and every and else that and animation now as well. So I think we're definitely branching off in different areas and foreign foreign films as well. So I think you know we're doing we're trying to do our part to Expand beyond our, our normal comfort zone on one hand, but at the same time, you know, I think that we all need to kind of do a little. We all need to laugh a little bit. So that's really what it comes back to.
2: One hundred percent. Looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, let's do it.
0: Well, that happened, folks, which uh, brings us to the end of another episode of the Watch OK Please podcast. We hope you had a good time listening to us spout more nonsense today, and hope you join us next week for another exercise in utility. In the meantime, please rate and review us on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify, or just tell a friend about us. Until next week, keep on
2: watching.